The Senate may not get its defense bill. COVID-19 and the do not resuscitate orders. The devil's in the details in Georgia. Obama says that defund the police was just a piece of sloganeering. Without Trumpism, there is no Trump. Warner Brothers tries to skin the game. India has the space. The observatory in Erebo ends. Graphene might help in free energy and a whole lot more on today's episode of Beyond This Earth. This is Beyond This Earth. Go get yourselves a cup of coffee, tea, whatever type of drink that you want to have. Or maybe you need some alcohol because today on this episode of Beyond This Earth, we got some very sobering things to talk about humanity and its future. Yeah, we're going to put a little bit of anime in it. Yeah, maybe we're going to put a little bit of wrestling towards the end of the broadcast. But my goodness me, if I didn't know any better... You would think that God is trying to tell us something and he's trying to tell us something really bad and it smells in the United States. I'm going to use two particular articles from Carl Denninger, which are connected to stories that have been posted on the right-wing websites and other places of note. And then we have also issues with Breitbart and its issues with one of their, with their non-affiliated essayists, as it were. And Breitbart is in the spot of trouble concerning that. Also, we have the CNN tapes that was recently posted by James O'Keefe. But I think we have to start with, and we're going to go into the COVID thing as well, with what has just come out from Georgia. There are several tapes and we have links to it on our linky page, which is at the bottom of the descriptions at the places you get your radio shows. That pretty much shows that these folks in Fulton County, Georgia, that's Atlanta. Tried to do the spin move. What I mean by spin move, let's show you, let's talk about what is in those particular videos. We have the video, middle of the night, everybody's told to go home at 10 o'clock. There's four people in the video. One of the particulars of that video shows that there are people looking over things and making sure everything seems to be all right. Uh, is anybody watching us or something? All of a sudden, there's this desk with black coverings on it, a black covering on it. All of a sudden, a female comes in, pulls out all these ballots out of nowhere. Remember, they did, they were doing this case in Georgia and they were making this thing that was happening in Georgia. They were talking over there. And they were doing a similar thing in um in Michigan. And there was a whole fight in Michigan. There's a video on that as well. So it's it's 
out there in the open. But back to this particular video, the woman gets out the ballot looking like, oh, nobody's watching us? But the security cameras were watching. And then a dude, uh, a fat white dude, comes up and takes these particular ballots that were under the table and just delivered them to a lady who later on came in at the middle of the night. This is the same day, came in in the middle of the night. She's believed to be the person that is the vice chair of the elections in Fulton County, Georgia. She comes in there. She was out of work for 10 days, comes back. She needed to get some work done. Near the end of the video, you see none of those ballots or have any return addresses. Brian Kemp later on in the day talked to Fox News saying that we're now going to have to do a full audit of everything there. It is possible that this was has to happen. Cole Denninger later talked about this on his blog stating, It's over, folks. There's no video evidence of all workers only suitcases full of ballots right on the tables at the floor and all the observers to leave by claiming they have done with a nine. Under the rules of the clay water main break, which was later demonstrated to be a flat-out lie, and then running it through the machines. Not one camera either. Boy! Sending security setup. Covers the entire room. It's like watching go do Wilson Fang in a hot last color video and then Henry tried the jury, he didn't do it. Anyone who doesn't immediately throw a flag at this election of the light we have just repeatedly told it not happen. And just witness on video is flat out five alarm psychotic mess. What's worse is that the Georgia's governor machinery up on until the secretary of state and governor knew or trivially could have looked to see if there was evidence prior to now and didn't. For a full month, they refused to look at instead of claiming there have been no fraudulent activity. Remember, Brian Kemp runs Georgia. This is the same government machinery. I it reminds you that wishes to assure you that a COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective. You missed the station decades ago to make it impossible for you or your nest of kin to sue the company that made it if it isn't. And this is the very same government infrastructures that has not one, but two, but three separate agencies, the CDC, FDA, and National Institutes of Health that have all stated that there is no effective early intervention therapy or relaxes for COVID-19 if you get sick you should go home and wait until you choke before anything is done more than eating chicken soup despite that being a well-documented lie too. Oh, and by the way, 250,000 Americans who apparently believed and followed that advice are dead to that direct consequence. Let us take it in, folks. The very same government infrastructures that just got caught ballot stuffing after repeatedly for a month saying that it happened denying that it ever happened it's killed five vietnam's worth of americans or above half of those killed in world war ii with the deliberate malfeasance so they could continue to 
so filled at once speed. While telling you that wearing a mask for a mere six weeks will not only stop the pandemic, it was better than said vaccine. The very same CDC director who said five months ago that while under oath before Congress is still allowed to set policy instead of his ass being locked up in prison for both perjury and manslaughter writ large. This extends all the way down to each and every one of the 50 states and their counties, including mine. They didn't even need to load you into boxcars to kill you off. They just sent you home to choke to death from a bug that in fact does have treatments that often work, yet you were all cases were not told about them by said government and healthcare systems. Also, they can make $100 million a day on worthless tests so you can be frightened enough to let them stick you with a partially tested vaccine that went all in on assisting you need, just like they said in 1976. 1976, you say? Well, wait a second. Did it decades the TV network through, through the decades did a special on this particular thing? Let's hear a little bit from those archives back in 1976. The flu season is upon us. Which type will we worry about this year? And what kind of shots will we be told to take? Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the US government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to three and a half billion dollars because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. We pick up the story back in 1976 when the threat posed by the swine flu virus seemed very real indeed. This virus was the cause of a pandemic in 1918 and 1919 that resulted in over half a million deaths in the United States, as well as 20 million deaths around the world. See how easy it is to... Thus, the U.S. government's publicity machine was cranked into action to urge all America to protect itself against the swine flu menace. Influenza is serious business. During major flu epidemics, millions of people are sick and thousands die. Well, this year you can get protection. The vaccines are safe, easy to take, and they can protect you against flu. So roll up your sleeve. Protect yourself. One of those who did roll up her sleeve was Judy Roberts. She was perfectly healthy, an active woman, when in November of 1976, she took her shot. Two weeks later, she says, she began to feel a numbness starting up her leg. I joked about it at that time. I said, I'll be numb to the knees by Friday as this keeps up. By the following week, I was totally paralyzed. So completely paralyzed, in fact, that they had to operate on her to enable her to breathe. And for six months, Judy Roberts was a quadriplegic. The diagnosis? A neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS for short. These neurological diseases are little understood. They affect people in different ways. As you can see in these home movies taken by a friend, Judy Roberts' paralysis confined her mostly to a wheelchair for over a year. But this disease can even kill. Indeed, there are 300 claims now pending from the families of GBS victims who died. 
allegedly as a result of the swine flu shot. In other GBS victims, the crippling effects diminish and all but disappear. But for Judy Roberts, progress back to good health has been painful and partial. Now, I notice that your smile, Judy, is a little bit constricted. Yes, it is. Is it different from what it used to be? Very different. I have uh, a greatly decreased mobility in my lips. And uh, I can't drink through a straw on the right-hand side. I can't blow out birthday candles. Uh, I don't whistle anymore, for which my husband is grateful. It may be a little difficult for you to answer this question, but have you recovered as much as you are going to recover? Yes, this, this is it. So you will now have a legacy of braces on your legs for the rest of your life? Yes, the weakness in my hands will stay and the leg braces will stay. So Judy Roberts and her husband have filed a claim against the U.S. government. They're asking $12 million, so they don't expect to get nearly that much. Judy, why did you take the flu shot? I'd never taken any other flu shots, but I felt like this was going to be a major epidemic. And the only way to prevent a major epidemic of a, a really deadly variety of flu was for everybody to be immunized. Where did this so-called deadly variety of flu, where did it first hit back in 1976? It began right here at Fort Dix in New Jersey in January of that year when a number of recruits began to complain of respiratory ailments, something like the common cold. An army doctor here sent samples of their throat cultures to the New Jersey Public Health Lab to find out just what kind of bug was going around here. One of those samples was from a Private David Lewis who had left his sickbed to go on a forced march. Private Lewis had collapsed on that march, and his sergeant had revived him by mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. But the sergeant showed no signs of illness. A few days later, Private Lewis died. If this disease is so potentially fatal that it's going to kill a young, healthy man, a middle-aged school teacher doesn't have a prayer. The New Jersey lab identified most of those soldiers' throat cultures as the normal kind of flu virus going around that year, but they could not make out what kind of virus was in the culture from the dead soldier and from four others who were sick. So they sent those cultures to the Federal Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia, for further study. A few days later, they got the verdict, swine flu. But that much-publicized outbreak of swine flu at Fort Dix involved only Private Lewis, who died, and those four other soldiers who recovered completely without the swine flu shot. If I had known at that time that the boy had been in a sickbed, got up, went out on a forced march, and then collapsed and died, I would never have taken a shot. The rationale for our recommendation was not on the basis of the death of uh, a single individual. But it was on the basis that when we do see a change in the characteristics of the influenza virus, it is a massive uh, public health problem in this country. Ladies and gentlemen, that was from 19. That was from the report from several years back in 60 minutes talking about the swine flu. That case did something similar on that and had more updates on it. We can't find it as of right now. Not to be outdone concerning this, the CDC has already printed out, you guessed it, vaccination cards for the vaccine for everyone to wear. You have your vaccine tickets, sir. You have your vaccine tickets, sir. Papers, please. Papers, please. 
Oh, you enter our building papers, please. Second master saying papers, please. Do you have that CDC on you? you then the, your people didn't know they already got started on uh, on snitching and setting up ways to escape this vaccination thing. Finding ways to get around this vaccination thing. Did you get that vaccine? Yes, I did. Show me your papers, please. Show me your papers. Carl Denninger later on says, this is all excess death. It is BS. This is concerning COVID and they do not resuscitate orders. A total of, this he quotes two particular things here from a study. A total of 1,380 patients were confirmed SARS-CoV-2. Tests were identified medium age 66.44 years. That's four months and four days. Interqual range 52.6 years, six months. 76 years, three months. Of these patients, 630 recovered with positive SARS-CoV-2, including 180, 28.6%, with do not resuscitate orders, and 450, 74%, with none do not resuscitate orders. Since 140 died, he bolded this with death certificates attributing COVID-19 as the cause of death, including 57 570, that's 81.9, 89.1% with do not resuscitate orders. And 70, 10.9, non do not resuscitate orders. During the study period, there was 120 deceased patients with negative SARS-CoV-2 testing, including 110 with DNR and 10 8.3 non-DAR, he shows the figure. What was their conclusion? What was the study's conclusion? The risk of COVID-19 death was significantly influenced by the status of the patient, i.e., whether they have a do not resuscitate order or not. Excuse me? There are people who had a do not resuscitate order on admission, not people who themselves, their families filed one after knowing they had the COVID-19. In other words, these are people who had previous contracted the disease had filed a do not resuscitate order with their healthcare providers. You only do that if you have a reason to believe that you are soon going to die and do not wish the healthcare system to attempt heroics on a ruthless rescue, either because you believe it will hurt and you don't want that, or you recognize whatever state you will be will have been almost certain not worth living in. That's why one files a do not resuscitate order. So the real conclusion from this study is that statistically speaking, the people went to the hospital with the ENCOVE, were not premature deaths 
in the point of percentage of them who went to the hospital for the incove with a do not do not resuscitate order and do not survive was statistically identical to the percentage of those who were in for some other reason with a DNR and also died. In short, 90% approximately of those deaths were not asset deaths. This is from March or May of this year, this particular study. But it was also two in New Jersey hospitals, which were among of those hammered by the worst in the early months. In other words, in the middle of the absolute worst of this virus, when we knew the least and killed the most, in one of those worst states where it came to governors intentionally shoving the virus to vulnerable people, 90% of the deaths of said vulnerable population were nowhere near SS at all. There were people that knew that they were going to die of some other condition and then decided to do so with dignity instead of being stuffed full of tools and while on a futile, ghoulish display put on by the medical cabal. Can we stop with the bullshit about this virus killing people on an SS basis other than extraordinary cases less than 10% of the time? It is clearly not. The Social Security data says then other than the spike when Cuomo, Whitmer, and others were forced infected people into care homes in the first few months, there has been very little excess death. Now we have this study from New Jersey, one of the original hotspots for the virus that shows that roughly 10% of all the deaths were at a reasonable analysis assets. The other 90% were people who had every expectation they were going to die because they had DNR orders in place before they contracted COVID-19. If you expected to die and do, it is not an excess death. And the person most qualified to define excess is the person who both took an affirmative and intentional action expecting death to come. Having buried damn near my entire family and having this conversation with other family members more than once, I'm very qualified to speak about this. That's Mr. Deniger saying this. The CDC and John Hopkins' assertions along with others are false. And I've seen insult from those who don't they know they're going to die and have made a considered adult's decision to do so in peace. Anyone claiming they have the right to brand a death an assets in contravention of the person who made plans for their own death and then pass as they expected to do is a damned ghoul. Case closed. Absolutely crazy coming from every single point. It's it's a madhouse right now in America today. An absolute madhouse. The defense bill that is going around in the United States, the, the United States Congress, before they can get anything done, they're trying to get two bills done. One, another COVID relief package. The second one, a defense bill. Trump wants two dirty repealed before he will ever sign a defense bill. They didn't put too dirty. It looks like the defense bill is out. There will be no defense bill. Oh boy. That's not good.
Dana on an interview a couple days ago with Christian, well, Christian Walker and others during a speech, uh, during one of the speeches, uh, one of the uh, meetings there, Christian Walker from NBC News said, are you going to stick with Barr after this whole thing concerning with the election? Turns out he might not stick with Barr. He also saying that he will pass any relief bill that comes on his desk. And as we are just recording this, Mitch McConnell says that this bill is not good enough. Get it back to committee concerning the COVID relief bill. After all this, there was a meta-analysis of hydroquality queen and that meta-analysis has pretty much confirmed that if taken early, this particular drug will make sure that COVID-19 is out of the system or at least prevent it from getting any worse. In other political intrigues of note, Obama had an interview with Snapchat's Good Luck America, a play on Good Morning America. And he pretty much told folks, look, just to fund the police day, you know, folks, just to fund the police day, it's uh, a sugar near it. It, 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 it ain't going to see. You saw how uh, you saw how Biden won. Yeah, we saw how Biden won. Look, the fund of police ain't gonna work, bro. A lot of people went out and said, "Come on, bro, are you serious? Are you serious? The fund of police is still the statement today. How can you say such things, Obama? I thought you were a boy. It's sloganeering. I understand where it comes from, but it's still sloganeering." The, the fund of the police ain't winning you no battles. Oh, well, he's partly right because the cop is in the White House again. Well, cop in the sense of Kamala Harris, who loved to put a black man in jail that isn't on them drugs, that isn't older and on that isn't older and on drugs. Don't put people in them prisons for doing the wrong thing, having wrong thoughts. She's in there. And then all of a sudden Obama come up and said defund the police is not an option, it's sloganeering. Folks, you liberals been played so many fucking times. When are you going to get the fact that you are all neoliberals? You're all warmongering neoliberals now. When are you going to get that fat? Oh, I never was one. Yeah, you never was one. It might be true that you may have not been one in practice, but in practice, you are. There's a difference. You folks are in bigger trouble than you even fucking realize. Mr. Harry Styles recently did another photo shoot 
trying to say that Candy Owens, ha ha ha, you're just another black woman who's not really black, trying to tell white dude how to act like a man. And it shows pictures to the effect of I can wear a dress and a man suit and all this other be androgyne. At the same particular time, Elliot Page is coming to saying that this is who who he is now. Folks, did anybody watch last week's episode? I know for you anime fans. Some of you are not anime fans. You don't care about anime and all the rest of it. Last week in that particular genre was just pretty much stating that all y'all humanity ain't shit. Now it did that before in the 90s, but it was more, you know, spaced out. But in this particular week, it was like humanity ain't shit. Y'all didn't watch Fire Force if y'all were younger. If y'all younger, y'all didn't watch Fire Force episode and how Hollow Man handled that boy. He dressed him up like a trap and said to her co uh, conspirator, come watch me get this dude. And Hollow Man comes up, close this girl boy's eyes and like massacred our boy. That's through Joshi culture right there. That's the culture we now accept. There's a picture on the uh, uh, on the New Yorker with this Afro-Latina woman, and she lives in a pigsty. That's Hanamea, folks. That is what y'all now accept. That's what y'all did. You now live in victory. Is this victorious for y'all? that Harry Styles can be turning to show from Fire Force and Hanamea's, the sisterhood of Uber allies, which is the representation of Hanamea, can turn you into dolls and close your eyes and have your way with you. And our big brother, Shinra trying to find out where this dude is. Where is his brother? This show pretty much shows where our culture is today. And they hate him because they don't like what it says about all of us and who rules our world. Coming up next on Beyond This Earth, Time's Up is caught doing the spin move in our new part segment called The Spin Move. We're going to talk about Section 2 Dirty Porn and the real reasons why it has to be fixed and the reason why without Trump, there is no Trumpism. All this and more on Beyond This Earth coming up next. Beyond 
this earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. Somebody has been caught doing the spin move. And it's time's up. Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. Nova Holler back here. It's time to see what's going on with the spin move. From the post-millennial. Time's up charity spent donations on large salaries a very small fraction on victims. Time's Up Now is the lobbying arm of the organization and spent around $160,000, $100,000, designed to build community and spark critical conversations about gender equality. The conferences took place in June at the Ojai Valley Inn, a lottery resort and spa in Los Angeles. Times Out then spent about $230,000 on advertising and nearly a million on an unidentified legal cost. About $60,000 was spent on travel and about $100,000 and 12,000 on rally, a public relations company, according to detached filings. Detached filings now raising serious questions over the legitimacy of the organization. Charity Watchdog Group said nonprofits should direct 75% of their revenues on their mission and 25% on administration. Time's Up spent 38% on their salaries alone. So, they were caught doing the spin move. 38% was sent for their salaries. It's a retirement fund, a retirement slush fund for these at actresses. Retirement slush fund for these actresses, just to be fair. I just want to talk a very short amount of time about section 230 and the pornography side and the real reasons why let me put this in real simple terms folks whether people like it or they don't section 230 is going to either die or get reformed but section 230 as it is constituted now is only being used in order to make sure the truth don't come out about the bullshit we just saw in those videos or you will just see in those videos through the links through our linky um, page basically section 230 was to take away the amenity from those users that wish to post certain things this is basically the concept of the free speech platform as long as it didn't break the law. And a lot of things all around the world don't break the law. It doesn't break a lot of US law. The things that do break US law, they don't make it here. 
They, they're not even considered it. If it breaks U.S. law, people will have a way to say, oh, let's take care of this, take it out. People get it there, all the rest of it. We have cops all over the United States. Some of them have gone through therapy of the stuff they see throughout the internet. It was also mentioned in the secret military history of the internet by Yasha Levine and what Google was doing and why Google had to remove certain things from their offices. It was the beginning of the end and people don't like what you want to hear. A lot of these things can be connected to what Roald Tomasi will say has said in his first three books and will say in his fourth book. That's why we have to do the specials. It's important. It's very important. The question about pornography is very simple. Roald Tomasi sees it as a supplication of our biological desires. If that is all it is, then it's not a, then, then ladies and gentlemen, it is not a threat. If it is a supplication of a man's desire, it is not a threat. The real threat has been and always have been the inability of our societies and our cultures to accept the fact that men are cute men have testosterone and it needs to be done in a, and there are ways of handling this particular entity and our biological desires in order to placate and not to placate or sublimate those desires, but to use these desires in very constructive ways. Our societies refuse to do that because it has decided that anything that comes from a woman's eyes or women's emotions or women's feelings or woman's this, then, and the other is the correct form of talk, speech, action, and desire for all of societies in the West. We have now seen the disaster and it was just showcased on the New Yorker cover page. The right wing continues to get it wrong. Continues and refuses to solve the problem. Because it may be, ultimately, it may be that, yes, men do do a lot of shit wrong. And there are ways to handle that shit. There, got, there may be points in certain people's lives that a lot of these men cannot stay at the places they have lived for all their lives. That they may have to go out into the world and suffer and a lot of them will not make it out alive. That's a choice a lot of motherfuckers gonna have to take. But those decisions, do you want a community or you don't want a community? That's the issue. What all the right-wingers get wrong, what certain Twitter handles get wrong about this whole thing concerning porn is that porn, on whether people like it or they don't, it will be mentioned in the book Mentioned in the book. 
of Rolo Tomasi, the religion and the red pill. And the studies will say it. It is one of the ways, and he mentioned this with Stur with one of the points of Sterling, um, um, uh, Sterling, Mr. Sterling, I believe. This is one of the ways that younger people understand what men and women do. The fact that they even dismiss normalize that's in their accusations of why porn is dangerous gives up the game gives it up completely the fact that they support prostitution over porn gives the game completely All of the things concerning pornography has nothing to do with pornography and everything to do with prostitution. This is a prostitution problem. Tinder and OnlyFans and just fans and the whole lot of it are entities that bring about prostitution. Charles Fournier, which John Michael Greer wrote a fantastic piece about how he was the man that brought about socialism, was pretty much a dude who never had any children, but paid for every single sexual interaction that he ever had. And it is very possible that this dude has syphilis and that syphilis causes dementia and hallucinations. And it is also very possible on that aspect that all of his movement came from the fact that he wasn't even desirable in a validational aspect. Did he wasted all of his parents' money on prostitutes and whores? And he wanted some way to keep the grift going. Once you read that article from John Michael Greer, everything that you have seen right now concerning socialism from the past to the present and upwards to the future concerning China and the rest of them all comes into fruition. All comes to clear focus. The only way socialism ends is to end prostitution. The only way the porn problem ends is to end prostitution. End it or separate the state. End it or separate it. You have certain areas to go. No one sees you, no one cares, all the rest of it. You come out from there, you get arrested. We're going to be serious about this. 
but they're not going to solve the too dirty problem because the too dirty problem is more re is more connected to how we're seeing each other and how we feel about each other. We now realize that these women are lost. I said this a while back. You're going to have a generation 50 years, 50 years and all the rest of it. They try to have children at 50 years old, these females. And they going to come up and say, oh, we made it and all the rest of these things. Oh, I built up my life just like a man did and all the rest of it. Now I have to wait. Then some 18-year-old don't know no better, have no game, have no nothing, realize they come up and see all these 50-year-olds with sagging tits and all the rest of it, and he think he made it out. He a joke. The beginning of the joke, folks, was that way back when, why couldn't I, there was the 16 year old saying that, why can I pay to see a girl dance in a stripper pole? What are you, are you gay or something of that nature? Then you begin to realize that these motherfuckers are about to run this fucking joint to the ground. But, but there's something even more interesting that we have to discuss. And we have enough time. It is from zero HP Lovecraft from Twitter. I'm going to read this to you and I want you to think about it deeply. Some related to all the other things that are happening now. There is an endless litany of arguments <clears throat> against democracy. You probably know them all. Yes, I know the U.S. is a republic. Thank you for mentioning that, Mr. Lovecraft. But spiritually, it is a democracy. Okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt for this particular thing right now. We believe our rulers are granted legitimacy because they are manifestations of our voice and our vote. A thing can be spiritually true, even if not literally true, <clears throat> or symbolically true, or directionally true. They want you to cut down a cherry tree? Who cares? Spiritually true is Michelle Obama. Whoopsie! Who cares? Spiritually true. Whoopsie! Mankin said that democracy is grounded upon so childish a complex of falsities that they must be protected by a rigid system of taboos. Else even half-wits would argue it to pieces. Its first concern must be to penalize the free play of ideas. The difficulty in arguing against suffrage-based governance is not in building a logically sound argument against it, it's breaking in the conditioning, the system of taboos that keeps you in believing it. Consent to the governor does not work because the governors quickly found, figure out how to manufacture consent. The same people who read Zizek 
and grabs the news media it stands to control you while you believe that BLM is some kind of organic uprising of human spirit. When consent is a precondition for authority, authority will learn how to manipulate people into consent. I don't know if words alone can break the conditioning that caused you to trust news media. I think that break has to come from some crisis in your own experience. You have to catch them in a lie and realize it's not an accident or a one-off. What Zero HP Lovecraft wanted to do is to break you out of your amnesia. Every time they lie to you, you must go right back into trusting them. Who are they? The media, the mavens of culture and politics, the people who decide what is true. I need you to realize that in every single world printed in any respectable news outlets is a lie because it's grounded on a hostile belief system. As Curtis Yarvin stated, presidential election is an argument of who gets to wear the Ronald McDonald suit. But despite the little executive power the president has, do you think McDonald's will be half as successful if their mascot was Azeloth, the hideous devourer? The dark satanic mills of the bureaucracy are going to keep turning no matter what you who you elect. Voting makes you feel powerful in a way that paying the lottery makes you feel rich. These teachings insulate you from the psychic pain of losing. Small comfort this. Trump was never the fascist. That these folks wanted him to be. Or that his enemies said he was. But for the first time in his adult life, a politician made noises that appealed to him specifically. This is very powerful because more than half of the president's job is ceremonial. Trump isn't important because of what he will do or what he will not do in office. Don't more of the latter. He's important because his symbolic value is a repudiation of a certain type of person the person that principally composes our governing class. Trump is a rejection of the sanctities of what they hate. And they will come up and say that Trump is a racist in a senses. That doesn't mean he hates women or blacks. It means he doesn't worship the gods of those people that say he hates women or blacks. That's what we voted him for. And is that is what they hate about him. Not any action he takes. Not his lies, quote unquote. Not his incompetence. It's that he does not affirm any of the left-wing sacred symbols. Or the bureaucracy sacred symbols. This same bureaucracy works a little less well with Trump in charge. I think Everyone can agree on this. Admit that. Admit this. It is not a bad thing, necessarily, since the principal objectives of the bureaucracy includes total demographic replacement of the American people and turning everyone into fairies. The reason why Trump is such a good signal that he is polarizing That he is polarizing, excuse me. If you think you're a conservative, but you reject Trump, 
It shows where your loyalties truly lie. With the above system and its terrible velocity, people who object to Trump's tone or his manners don't get it at all. Those are his primary appeal. He's not some slick PMC grown in a vat to control you. If you think you're too good for Trump because he sends the wrong class signal, then again, that is the point. You want your figurehead to throw the esomatic gang signs of the educated class, you want to go comfortably into the night. But that is exactly what we are rejecting. Because that class and its manners are inextricably tangled with a moral theory that mandates the destruction of the American people. Call it a Mott and Bailey if that helps. It goes way beyond social justice or wokeism as it is now known. It is a cluster of beliefs where you say basic human decency and what you mean is by hurting children, hurting male children, basically. The highly visible people who want these things dwell in the mott. They say moderate things and present slightly left centrists, and they provide no obstruction to the sexual and racial racial mystery cult that is eating the world. Mentioned by Michael by um Rollo Tomasi, the new cult, the new religion will be called love. I say it has been stated all over media, both in the United States before 1993 and some parts of night of the 1990s and outside of the American media from the 1970s onward, especially in Japan. In the name of basic human decency, they demand to open the borders, disenfranchise the amend. American founding stock and promote all forms of perversion and sexual immorality. This does not start in 2015 or 2019 or 20, 2008 or any such thing. That is when a bunch of left moderates notice it. I don't expect to change anyone's mind with this. A circle I've been trying to square for the last four years is that I believe democracy could be wicked, is wicked, according to Zero Head, Zero HP Lovecraft. And then a particular president matters, and he's good. The resolution to this paradox is to show is bad, is that paradox is to show is bad, but participating in the show in a way that disrupts its semantic flows is good. The popular film can change the moral landscape of the whole country. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was a major force in closing the insane asylums and, rele- and releasing the crazies into the world. The content of national politics show matters at least as much. Having Donald Trump in the White House is important because he represents 
rectifies our ability to think outside of the institutions that manufacture our consent. At the same time, there is no more fitting symbol of the new left than Joe Biden, a serotic, demented white man who literally doesn't know what year it is, acting as a Trojan horse for a half-fake Tamil woman pretending to be African-American who will sell the shirt off your back to the to the Chinese communist government. I don't know who is going to be sitting in the White House next year, January 21st. In all things, I hope for the best and prepare for the worst, but I know that we need a symbol like Trump if we're ever going to overcome the spiritual shackles of what it is considered democracy. It's a difficult listen, a very difficult listen. But it is important to understand some things before we get to the next segment. Don't go too far into saying some of these words are there, but a lot of it ring true. A lot of it does. Trump don't play by nobody's rules. A lot of people say that Trump don't care about nobody. Absolutely, they're absolutely correct. They're absolutely correct in a certain way. I did not say fully, I said in a certain way. A lot of African-Americans who are closer to um, Corey Holcomb, Zell Williams, those types of people, they got the accuracy concerning about Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, all the rest of them correct. But they still live and they still work and they still see themselves in the concept of the socialist paradigm. Regardless of what they say, oh, we're not socialist, socialism has problems, or they, but they see themselves in the same type of paradigm that was influenced by socialism in that particular sense. The problem is, is that everybody want monarchs and bag, constitution, monarchy, the whole nine yards. Folks, let's make this very fucking clear. Democracy was not the key. We are a republic. We are a republic, period. How do we determine all these things after we have seen the disasters that have fallen upon us? Let's get it through our heads that we need to stop the calling this country and everything it does when it concerns voting as a democracy or being a democratic society. We are a republic, period. That's one thing we got to get through. But the way he has stated about democracy being evil, he has a point. Has a point. Because in many sense, if a whole nation gets sick, then democracy is evil. If a whole nation is sick, think about it, about the mental illness and the mental infirmness of this country when we're talking about opioids. And when we're talking about all these other things that are being that are taking place, 
especially with the whole COVID thing and the lockdown and the reaction to the lockdowns. We have a video out there of a woman trying to steal alcohol from a store and a whole a black man who working at the store is trying to put that alcohol back. The woman's being aggressive and saying, you can't do this and all the rest of it. We have the situation concerning what happened in Dallas with the restaurant owner when women were twerking, twerking in the glass. If this is the sickness that zero HP Lovecraft is talking about, yes, democracy is evil. If the people are sick, like the, like the two examples I just shown. Another example, we saw it in the New Yorker piece. A beautiful drawing that shows the sickness of a lot of women in the Western world. And she's Afro-Latina too. And what is this country promoting? What type of woman are African women, uh, African, uh, uh, the society is promoting? Cardi B as the women of the year and Billboard, who's willing to drug men in order to survive. Megan Stallion's friends starting to talk about, oh, this girl ain't legit. We have videos out there of black women in the front of their cars. Wondering how the, the police wondering how the hell did she get in the front windshield of her car? Yes, democracy is sick. It's, it has become evil. A whole woman, the vice president elect, was the mistress of a man who got arrested for cocaine possession and was the mayor of DC. Can anybody explain to me? Is this man wrong? I don't know what to tell y'all. Sorry we went overboard, folks. We went too long. Another dirty minutes. Fine. But we had to say these things. Coming up next in the next segment, Tom Warner wants to have movies both on HBO Max and on the theaters. It is the end of the theater, theater experience. Maybe we have to do something a little bit different with these movies. We'll be right back right after this. I'm Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. We recently did Teachable Moments 19, and it deals with Patreon and all of those particulars. And while we don't use Patreon or any call, um, funding sources, give a listen to that, and hopefully you can learn something about where we're going to head into the future concerning how things will be done in the future. Also, Teachable Moments 20 talks about these particular issues concerning with 
um, the Dallas restaurant owner being very cross with a lot of these black women twer twerking at the restaurant there that he had. And so he, we explain all of that and more and why the African-American community has been destroyed by his females and what should have been the African-American community led by men who the examples of, I'm going to mention it later on in the show, Walter Williams, and in another way and in a different way, not necessarily for a lot of people the right way, but just one example through Buster Rhymes and his friend, all that on Teachable Moments, 19 and 20. I want to talk about Warner Brothers for a moment. Warner Brothers made the announcement stating that we are going to put our movies both on theaters and HBO Max on the same day. And a lot of people are very cross, especially the theater owners. Yes, you should be very cross about this. This came from AT&T Top Brass. They need to get all the people to HBO Max and they're going to do it with these movies. Ladies and gentlemen, I have watched entertainment both as a fan, a critic, and more of the animation side, and all the rest of it for several years. Ever since I was a young kid. Because I was interested in how the media works and all the rest of it. And once you understand how they use their tools and all the rest of it, you say, oh, that's real interesting how they do these things. It's not that anybody can do it, but you got to have the patience. And you got to have people who know what they're talking about to teach you as an apprentice in order to make sure that you got it the right way. That's why they spend all this money on the people that know, in the know, and how to do these particular types of media. Ladies and gentlemen, all movies are not made the same. I don't care what anybody tells you. All movies are not made the same. They're not. They may have the same cameras on that you don't build those movies. It's not the same. These are low-level movies that they're trying to pass off as major theater movies. You can't do that. No. It's not going to work. You're playing yourselves. You're playing the audience. We want the big film, Mega Time, Ultra Edition, HD, Nice Sound, Great Popcorn, Better Popcorn, The Snacks, and a whole lot of it. Movie theaters are movie theaters. Theaters. They're not bullshit dancing artists for all of these uh, uh, failed motherfuckers. That they want to promote to. Look, I don't hate Warner Brothers. I think they have the wrong people leading them. They want to make the wrong people lead all the rest of these motherfuckers. It's a sad state of affairs. I hate it myself. HBO Max is not worth the cash, and they're going to ask for more cash with these films. Let me make this very clear to you. I have never gave the bite. I've given advice, 
but not really an opinion. But this is my opinion, and I rarely say this. Folks, don't do it. Don't go and get a Warner Brothers, watch a Warner Brothers film. If you really want to see it, go wait until it's on Blu-ray. They playing you completely. This is a game. Stop playing their game. I said it before with The Last of Us. One game, not two. Not all this multimedia bullshit. One game, that's it. Never bought the second game of The Last of Us. They want to promote failure. And now they're promoting failure on HBO. And now they're doing it again with their movies. It's a shame. It's a damn shame. Wait until it's on Ultra Blu-ray so you can watch it on the PlayStation 5s and then they're already digging they're going to do a PlayStation Pro within five months of this, of the games being out. Within five days of the games finally being out for Christmas and now everybody haven't gotten an actual PlayStation 5 and now asking for a PlayStation Pro. My goodness. But again, no more of the bullshit. Y'all wait until the Blu-ray comes out. We can't be doing this. We can't be supporting this bullshit. A theater is a theater. A streaming service is a streaming service. If they bullshitting you and you said there's no difference, bullshit them back. Wait until the Blu-ray comes out. They'll actually make more money from the Blu-ray than they ever did on both sides. It's just my opinion. You gotta wait until the Blu-ray comes out. Coming up next on Beyond This Earth, the final segment, India is heading to space. The Abril Observatory in Puerto Rico has ended its run. Graphene will help in the free energy movement and in memoriam for two others and what will we will have for you next week. All this and more coming up in next on Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. is planning to head into space by 2022. They have built out a rocket ship and a crew module of seven people that will be inside of it. So maybe possibly they will be going into that particular area of space within the next couple of years. So 2022, it could be that India will be joining in the space parade. The Abriel Observatory in the Abriel is the observatory, excuse me, in Puerto Rico was 
blown to bits in a demolition as it has reached end of life usefulness. They're building another radio observatory somewhere near that area, but it is pretty much a long end to this particular interesting study into space, trying to look for little green men out in the universe. And it seems to me that graphene, or seems to a lot of people, graphene might be part of a movement or is able to produce something to the approximation of free energy, as it were. Scientists have begun to continue the research that others have done concerning graphite, graphene, and it seems that graphene might be able to be used, but it is not the philosopher's stone, the jack of all trades. Still more research has to be done, but this graphene, humor me for a moment here. We use it for pencils. We use it for writing stuff. Now it's going to possibly use to power the energy. Maybe the energy was already in our hands all along. I'm just saying. All the drawings of the past when we were little kids to the present day. So all the things that came from <laughs> writing our names, maybe powering the batteries of the future, our cars, but it might be even free energy. But a lot of things have to happen in order for that to take place. Other particular news of note, there was a high school senior who attacked a ref at a football game in Texas. Emmanuel Durant was charged with assault and battery. His bail was set for $10,000. They paid it off. Um, there was an incident that he did this before with a soccer referee. And this has been a problem with him in this particular place. The Texas Board of Education and their sports division has told uh, that particular school that they are not allowed to be in the playoff for that particular uh, entity. So when you saw that video, it was absolutely uncalled for. Absolutely uncalled for. I would be remiss if to forget, almost forget the other space, major space story is that Hayabusa 2 will be heading home to to Australia. Well, it's actually from Japan, but it will land, well, pieces of it will land in Australia. It was launched in 2014, and it was went to an uh, asteroid to collect data from a whole bunch of places in the asteroid now is returning with that data and it will take about a year for the data to be studied released to the rest of the world and it will hopefully get a lot of things together so we won't know much about it until at least the latter part of 2021 christmas day 2021 and it will be a nice surprise for all of us involved 
There are others that are getting um, asteroid data from other places in the solar system as well, and they will come back in the next few years. Speaking of which, Elon Musk said that we will be ready to get to Mars in 2026. 2026, we will get to Mars. Now, let us be fair here. If we can get there in 2026, I'm not saying it won't happen. I've seen weirder things, but 2026, if we get there, let's put it in very simple terms, 30%, we will reach the end of the universe and see the new universe come up. It rises to 50%, halfway there. But you mean to tell me we will get to Mars in two years that it will took NASA to get to the moon? That's kind of crazy to think that we will get, in a two-year period, we will get to Mars. But I've seen stranger things happening. Much stranger things happening. So, moving on, let's get to the whole concern uh, with the two particular deaths that recently took place. We... Send our condolences to those in the wrestling business who knew and respected Pat Patterson, who passed away at the age of 79. He was pretty much the guy that did all the finishes from the time he started to hang up the uh, the cleat, the, the boots mostly. And he was one of the dudes that was behind the scenes and... He wrestled in certain times where in the main event, the way they set up main events back in the day. And in certain other particulars, he started to do things in that particular nature. A lot of people look for him for support and all the rest of these things. But I would be remiss to understand that um, and at, at that time, especially in the times he started out when he was in San Francisco, San Francisco was one of the largest places for pro wrestling outside of the it was san francisco and los angeles in the east coast in the west coast excuse me and in that particular area it was san francisco that usually was the connections for a lot of the japanese wrestlers to come through um and then the same way with los angeles but in a little bit of a different direction so those were the two major hubs of pro wrestling there pat patterson was one of the biggest stars there and was part of one of the bigger um tag teams in the history of the planet at that particular time. So what happened is, is that I would be remiss into letting people know that, and yes, he is the creator of the Royal Rumble, of course, but there were some issues with him and certain wrestlers, uh, especially Raleigh Raleigh Piper. It was an interview that he did a couple years ago. He didn't want to go through all of that. Um, there was some incidents that took place. Nobody wants to really discuss it, or it's like a I don't want to I don't want to say hearsay here because hearsay is hearsay, but there's there is a lot of reasons that a lot of the wrestlers left the brand back in 
1996 when it was the Federation. And some of it has to deal with some of the rumors that were running around rampant in that whole thing. And a lot of the things concerning that particular day, it offended a lot of folks. And WCW was seen as a way out of it. So, and then all the contrast with Hulk Hogan, the new generation coming through, and then everything started to fall apart around 97, and then things had to change. So, Pat Patterson dead at 79. But one of the great losses in America has to be Walter Williams. Walter Williams was a former Philadelphia cab driver, but a lot of you conservatives know him as one of the great voices of conservatism and throughout the late 70s all the way to the present day. He passed away recently on Monday. It was a tough loss for everybody involved who are in conservative talk about conservatism who value conservative values who loved his wit and his grittiness something that a lot of people miss today and especially he understood the situations with slavery in a way and the african american community in a way that a lot of people a lot of conservatives should have understand and should be understood and he had some his wit extended to the very unbelievably underrated um essay he did about forgiving white people it was an as an absolutely underrated essay and you should read it once in a while bless you walter williams one of the great Conservative Minds passed away on Monday. We were talking about men and all the rest of these things. We wish that we had more African-American standouts such as Walter Williams in this in America. We wouldn't be in a lot of the problems. A lot of the African-American community would not be in a lot of the problems if Walter Williams was there. Um, I think some of the reasons why we have such a disconnect in the African-American community, and I think one example of it is the way that um, Corey Holcomb and others kind of pick and choose a lot of the things concerning conservatism and whatnot. You will hear it in Teachable Moments number 20 and how they pick and choose conservative things and non-conservative things at the same time because Walter Williams wouldn't take no shit from a lot of people. And I think a lot of black men would learn a thing or two from him. And that's the issue that I have, not necessarily with uh, Corey Holcomb. I understand where he comes from, but I am more in the track of Walter Williams and all the rest of them. And a lot of others will not see it in that particular sense. That's why he calls them fake. But other people will see Walter Williams as what he is. The old style dude that understood the game. They understood what America is and what it can be. 
so no one can talk to him against it. That's what it, the issue is. And people are afraid to um, speak to him about it. And unfortunately, he passed away on Monday. But a lot of things have to, you can learn a lot of things about him. And one of the reasons why um, I did uh, Teachable Moments 20 is because of the whole twerking incident in Dallas. And in Walter Williams would have, it would have said something to the same nature what the Dallas um, restaurant owner would have said. And he would have not have minced his words. So to the great, late, great Walter Williams, we send our condolences to him and his family, especially at this time with all these particular things going on. Related to this, related to all of the things that have happened in the last several days, I have begun to realize that, especially when we saw this beautiful picture of the ugliness of American femininity from the New Yorker, I have to begin to go back and realize where have we fallen apart? And one of the things that I began to witness and I began to see, and I have to understand and reconcile with the fact is that a lot of the things that we're now seeing today is because that it has reached a point, especially with this pandemic, especially with all of this, is that the cognitive dissonance that I'm beginning to see and that, that, that the elites are trying to infect the rest of our society, eh? is going to reach a point when everybody tries to get back to work around March and April that they're going to say no mas to all of this. All of this is related. All of this is connected. And it didn't even matter if Trump won. And the people connected to him tried to drain the swamp. The damage was done. Americans have reached a point where it's my way or the highway because all the bullshit the elites have told the American people have been nothing but a false bill of goods for years, years, decades even. In some ways, it's not even necessary to follow the American people. It's not even the fault. It is the disasters that have taken place that the elites refuse to solve. And they don't want to solve it. And so the, con the concern for me in this society is, is that how are you going to raise a kid in this society in particular, that their schools are going bullshit. You're not going to learn nothing. You're going to learn all the rest of the crap that they're going to do. Then they're going to explain it all away. 
and it's gonna be a disaster all around. You can't even talk to people the way we talk to people because all of that was destroyed during the pandemic. And then you're gonna be talking to them in a certain type of way and in a certain type of nature that is autistic, ultimately. You can't have that. Look, folks. It's sad. And it's simple. We have a society that has been raised by these women disappointed in our, in the way they have lived their lives. Period. End of discussion. They didn't marry the man. They married the second best. They didn't marry the best man they thought they were going to be. They married the second best. Or they marrying the man they thought was dead, but it turns out that he was more caddish and you can't control him. Is he supposed to be controlled? And in all the rest of these things that have taken place, you have all these things happening. You will hear stories in the future that will blow your fucking mind. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be sad. To, li to listen to some of them. It's a joke. You're going to come in here and tell me that America's fine. It isn't. The American people would have been in a much better and safer uh, ways of handling all their emotions and all their situations and all of, all of the rest of it, if the right people were put into place in the way we handle our schooling, in the way that we handle relationships with men and women, in the way that men and women react to each other and add to each other in the workplace, the whole nine yards. They didn't do this. We're now coming up to the point where everything about this sexual revolution was done as backwards, as backwards. And it was always about how we gonna get men to respect themselves in a way that doesn't necessarily hurt their biological urges, which is real tangible and can be seen and can be experienced and can be felt and not to destroy or to give more anxiety to these females who have decided that their ugliness has to be expressed as tact, tardiness, precociousness, You go girl, girl power, this then and the other. I'm star girl's daughter. The bullshit y'all play. Sometimes, like I said, when I was talking about Walter Williams and I'm talking about Buster Rhymes in different ways, the African American, all the things that have happened in America can be seen through the African American community, 
and the way the liberals have used the African-American community as a bludgeon and a, as a cudgel and a bludgeon against their enemies, making the fault, everything, all the fault, well, majority of the fault, let's just say polarity of the fault, everything that has gone wrong in the African-American community and everything that is going wrong in America to the white liberal establishment on a basic level. You cannot take, you cannot take an industry. You cannot take a culture and tell its culture that everything a woman says, feels, hankers on, and accepts as the way that a man should view life. That we must wear a woman's shoe in order to understand how human beings react and behave because she's able to carry a child. No, folks, that's wrong. That's wrong. No two individuals are alike. Men and women are not the same. They're different, different firmware, different hardware, and all the rest of it. I'll explain more when the specials start. But you folks, are in a worse shape than you can possibly realize. Can you really believe that this culture has done these particular things? Come on, folks, let's be for real. If it wasn't, and I said this in a, a, a teachable moment 20, if it wasn't for the white liberals, the African-American community would be in a place where no white man liberal or otherwise, conservative or otherwise, would say shit to us. Even fat, the white man would have gone, would have spent a hell of a lot of money to go to a school to see a Walter Williams and to be taught by Walter Williams. What does that tell you when we don't even have that type of respect anymore. We wouldn't be stepped on by these so-called folks that said they're right-wing, they're drag cons and anything, but damn the child because the white woman who had the child and kept it is damning the child because she act in some sort of way that prevents the father from seeing that kid. Instead of blaming him for not stepping up, you need to figure out why he won't. And then if you finally figured out listening to him, Without using the bullshit, without using the frame of reference that liberals use in order to figure out 
why the man left that woman in that particular terms because a lot of you traditional conservatives, a lot of you black pillars, a lot of you did use the concept of what the liberals frame of reference or frame of knowledge or even the frame of ideology, their frame of ideology, the liberals frame of ideology in whatever people do. In these particular situations, that's why you continue to lose other communities that agree with you on the basic facts of how to raise children and all the rest of these things. You never came to them as men. You came to them as women in the view of a woman, in a view of a person who has been influenced by women, both in conservative terms and liberal terms, when they don't have, when those women in themselves don't have that type of frame of reference, or if their frame of reference is anywhere near accurate, that frame of reference is basically a lie. It was placed upon them by a society and by a way of thinking, they never actually accepted when they grew up. In fact, one of the reasons why black pilling don't work is because it is a concept that women use. Black pilling doesn't work. There is no such thing as a black pill. The very notion that we use the concept of a pill is also that the pharmaceutical industry in this country has placed upon our society that a pill can fit anything. It's also a problem that is viewed through the lens of this gynocratic society. Basically, the reasons why we have the racism in our society in the modern age is because the view of racism is viewed through the eyes of men in the view of the way women see the world and women see this country. That's exactly the reason why all these things from the Trad cons and all of these things is all about seeing things through a female's eyes and not through their own. And that's one of the reasons why when the chips fall where they may, they continue to fail. When the chips fall where they may, they continue to bitch and complain about all other things. When the chips fail, they complain about all the rest of the crap that we see today. But in the Indian analysis, the reason why they don't have the answers to solve a lot of their community's problems in both white community and black community in particular is because they view the world the way their mothers view the world, 
the way their sisters view the world, not the way the world actually is. And the way the world has become. And they're just as stuck up and stupid as a lot of the African-American women are. The fact that Joe Biden would give any sort of preferential treatment to Kamala Harris at any fucking moment in time makes me question the whole gambit of trying to get Biden into the White House. This is the presumed president-elect of the United States. And he had to go to talk to Obama into handling how you're going to handle Kamala Harris. Are you motherfuckers kidding me? That's the reason why Zero had Zero HP Lovecraft was talking about without Trump, there's no Trumpism. Trump don't give a fuck about nobody because if Joe Biden is talking to Obama into figuring out how you're going to handle a female, when we saw in his book, Obama, that he all he used the communism, socialism, all the rest of it from Charles Fournier, beautifully written by John Michael Greer, in order to get white chicks. He's telling him, an 80-year-old man is telling a 53-year-old man how to handle a 57-year-old black woman. You in fucking trouble, you fucking Democrats! You can't tell no hoe who already spread her legs for a coke-fiend mayor of the District of Columbia how to handle the business of the nation. Is that, if, if that is what our society has become, then not only any child coming out of this, coming into this country is going to get fucked up. You're going to see more incidents like we just saw in Texas. We're going to see more murders, more deaths, more Chirac's, more bullying, and then Miss old Miss Harris going to lock the doors on more African-American men and all the rest of it instead of talking to them to get over the hump. And a lot of the reasons why we can't you get, need to get over the hump is because these damn bitches out there in the streets, you're not listening to the future, the, uh, the gospel future. She belongs to the streets and the streets she will return. It is just your turn. with these women and get them to work on their careers, on their day, and to work on how to have responsible friendships with other men, similar to what Buster Rhymes has with his, uh, with his friend, and to not step on anybody else in order to receive the blessings. The actual bless blessings that human beings give to others, that mankind gives to other men. So we can have a community that can be successful and we can have a republic that we can be proud of. But you're going to see the bullshit there and look at her, the Afro-Latino woman, 
smiling at a Zoom call with her martini and salt in her hands with two cats strolling around with the toilet paper, hanging out the pills of antidepressants and birth control and the stench of her becoming a goddess in a country that needed to be indivisible, unified under the God that brought his son to die on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for listening to Beyond This Earth. This is Novid Hollaback. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of Beyond This Earth as we reach the end of the season and the year end episode. And the specials will come starting on the 28th. Will come hell or high water. We will see you guys next week for an all new episode. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your radio shows. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Make sure you come back for more. All Beyond This Earth next week. See you guys soon. Beyond This Earth is a Garo Gothic production.